what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and I'm very glad to be joined once again, back from hiatus from various uh, ailments that he's been under. Poor guy has run himself ragged, giving you the best picks you can possibly find. You can find all of his stuff in the Action Network app under Wheaton Brando. It's Brandon Anderson, and he's back with me for Futures Friday. Brandon, how you doing? I am uh, fighting off a cough literally as we speak, but I am doing well. I'm ready to talk some basketball. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a good season. Uh, I'm actually, I've got plus ROI. Had a bad Wednesday was one of those absolute fucking disaster nights. I went one in seven. I got too cocky and played only the money lines on a couple of games when I should have played the spread because it would have covered. I got hit by... All sorts of maladies. The Thunder falling apart versus the Grizzlies was a really rough one for me on the bet stream. I felt very good about that bet and bet it multiple times. Every single time I bet a game multiple times, because I think when I try and fade the steam, I lose. I got to not do that. That's like a very important lesson for me is like, just accept the market is smarter than you. Go ahead and just accept that, Matt, because it's not smarter than everyone, but it's smarter than you. On today's show, we're going to do buy low, sell high in the Western Conference. So we're going to go through a number of teams that we think have an opportunity for you to buy low on them right now. And then we're going to talk about some teams that maybe you want to stay away from or find alternate angles based off of now is the worst time to buy those teams. So as a corollary, it's a good time to buy the other teams. Today, we'll also do Rackham, where we go, put together a uh, a parlay based on the awards. I've got a round robin for you that's got a nice and juicy number that's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, and we'll, we will, of course, do our long shot of the week. We'll do all that and more on today's show. Brandon, let's start by buying low in the Western Conference and where else to start but on those Los Angeles Lakers. Now, it's interesting. This is kind of, we have this team in both categories. They are a buy low <laughs> and sell high team, which makes a lot of sense because the market is still very much like, look, they are what the record says they are. And so they can't be favored and they can't be over-exaggerated, but there's enough buzz around them now to where everybody's talking about them. And we've probably seen a lot of their market shift Let's start with Lakers uh, playoff odds. So they're plus 205 to make. They're minus 233 to miss right now in the market. Um, we, if we ask how many teams are locks in the Western Conference, I have Phoenix, Denver, the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Pels. That's five teams. Brandon's got Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, the Pelicans, Memphis, and Dallas. That's a full six squad. Um, so I've got five. He's got six, which means that I've got one space open for an outright playoff uh, route. And Brandon's got no spots because he considers Memphis and <laughs> Dallas to both be locks. Uh, I won't consider either of those locks, no matter how many games the Memphis Grizzlies win. I still <laughs> cannot get past what the kind of the under the hood numbers say. Um this it presents an interesting situation when we've got the plus 205 to make. Because I'll ask you this. If you and I are correct that at least Phoenix, Denver, the Warriors, and New Orleans are all locks, that's four, okay. Okay, then there is a, a pretty good chance that they wind up in the play-in tournament if they make it. What's interesting about this is it gives us an hedge opportunity on the Lakers where we go to make it is plus 205 – and all we're basically saying is they're not going to be 15th, 14th, 13th, 12th, or 11th. They're going to finish better than five teams in the Western Conference. If they finish better than those five teams, they'll be in there and we'll have a chance to hedge. Because this is the first question I want to ask you. If the Lakers get to the play-in, if they're good enough to reach seven or eight or nine or ten, how many teams would be favored against them? Yes, I think none. <laughs> that's the problem here. And that's why... You're right that this is a, a buy low and sell high at the same time spot because 
So for my list, you get that you gave the six teams that I have ahead. So here's then the range that I put the Lakers into. Uh, I would have them in a group with. So these are the teams, presumptive teams they could play in a play-in game. I've got Kings, Blazers, Timberwolves, Jazz. And then for me, I have the Clippers in that range. You have the Clippers as a lock. So to me, very clearly, the Lakers are favored home or away against Kings, Blazers, Wolves, Jazz, like seriously favored. The only team that maybe is favored is the Clippers. If they're in the play-in and healthy Kawhi PG, then I think we're basically something around a toss-up on that one. So the problem for me is I put the Lakers in the hierarchy. So I have them basically a 7 to 12 seed range, but more specifically something like 8 to 10. That matters because my most likely outcome for them right now is that 9 or 10 range. They make it in, but now you have to win twice. You have to win two games and at least one, maybe both are on the road. The road part doesn't bother me that much, but it does matter. But nine or 10, having to win twice versus seven or eight, where you kind of get a buffer. You can lose the first game and still win the second one. That's a big difference. And if I think that they're in that little bit lower area like that, now that 205 to make is hard to get to because... I, I don't necessarily have a way out of that because I've got to get the Lakers to win twice, not just once to get in. You bet the Lakers to finish fifth in the division, right? Like, cause you presented that bet and I bet it, you bet that, right? Yeah. Okay. I so did. we already have a good number on that. So we already like to a degree, we kind of already have a good kind of hedge. Like we could, we could hedge and rehedge against that number as well. <laughs> um, if we make a smaller play on this, I did open it up by saying like, you got to find five teams that are worse than the Lakers. So the Spurs and the Rockets go ahead and slot them in. All right. The thunder I'll go ahead and put in that category. I think if the thunder made a trade, they might be able to sneak into the play in. I don't think they will, but like if, if Presti was basically like, I want to build some momentum. I don't want to waste Shay's year. This gets Shay into like this helps Shay. And that helps me wouldn't wouldn't I mean, be the biggest it, it, at this point it wouldn't be it would not stun me like it yeah. would have two months ago however the exact thing you're doing with the lakers right now is we continue to find teams to stay above to find five teams that, that the thunder are above is tough for me to get to yeah, yeah, yeah. all right so like let's put, put the thunder in there so now that's yeah. that's three right this is where it gets hard because yeah, I'm out then that's that's my only three that I have clearly below them yeah and so now we're talking about our options are Wolves, Blazers, Mavericks, Jazz, and we can throw the Kings in there. Um, I, I think that's the Kings probably deserve a little bit more respect, but they're the Kings and they're the Kings. And so like, we'll, we'll go ahead and put it in there. You know, look, the Wolves may just be having like a disaster season and maybe that's just how it bounces for them. Maybe that's how it goes. They've, I think, honestly, losing Towns, allows them to figure out some stuff. That's why I bet them in the first game on the money line when they were without him and that cashed. They got a good win versus the Pacers last night. That's a good win. Um, obviously, Warriors and Clippers, that's that's 9 and 10 right now. We think those teams will, or I think those, I think both those teams will wind up fine. Clippers have uh, are figuring it out. Like, they're getting there. Um, and then you've got Blazers and Mavericks. And so, like, again, like, if Portland wins tonight and, and beats the Denver Nuggets, then they go ahead of them in the standings. Um, and the Mavs, I think, are an interesting one because the Mavs are basically like they beat Phoenix and Denver back to back and they've lost to the Pistons and the Magic. So best of luck to <laughs> figuring out what this team is. So again, I, I think that there it's like an interesting idea at plus 205 to make for the Lakers. I will just say that like if the Kings are in the Lakers spot, this number is not plus 205. No, for sure. And that's not even like the LeBron AD thing. That's not the talent. That's if the Wolves are in the Lakers spot, it's not plus 205. If the Thunder are in the Lakers not spot, it's not plus 205. Like you have to accept that you're paying a premium on the Lakers on top of the fact that they have LeBron and AD. Um, yeah, but but the premium that you're paying in this specific case is when we get to a play-in game, I get LeBron and AD on my ticket. Like that is the premium 
in this case, it's it's not a Lakers tax. It's a I get the two best players in every play-in game tax, which is a meaningful, worthwhile tax to pay in that instance. So I want to do like, let let me just paint a big picture Lakers season here. So I try to kind of just like zoom out on the season. So 10 and 14, as we're taping this on Thursday, they're the 13 seed right now. So they've got to still move up above at least three teams to make the play in. They are dead last in three pointers made per game, nine and a half per game. They're dead last in three point percentage. That is a brutal combination to be that bad at percentage and threes made for, for comparison, they make seven three pointers a game less than the Celtics. Mm. That is a 21 point deficit every game compared to the Celtics. Not that anyone would ever compare the Lakers to the Celtics. So LeBron obviously has not been as good this year. The defense, they are sixth in effective field goal percentage, but that includes third against three pointers, which tends to be a number that regresses. That scares me a little bit. They lead the league in fewest free throws allowed defensively, but they're also dead last forcing turnovers. Those kind of paired together to me. I was like, hey, maybe maybe follow a little more, maybe try a little more on defense. So it's a lot of troubling signs in that profile to me since November 1st, though. So it feels like this is a different team. We've we, Both of us have had a lot of Anthony Davis slander through the years and, and recent times. And he probably just, you know, got a paper cut hearing his name. Since November 13th, the Lakers are eight and four. Anthony Davis in that stretch, 34 and 15, which is just absurd numbers. Over 10 free throws a game, 71% true shooting, 138 offensive rating. I'm sure, I'm sure he will do this forever. Oh, wait, he's already hurt again. Sick. Still. He's sick. He's sick. He's, you're right. You're right. But nonetheless, he's not playing tonight. So he's great. They're eight and the four since November 1st. The Lakers are seventh in offensive rating 16th in net rating 16th in net rating means you are average. You are the middle dead center of the league. That means you make the plan. So do we just throw out the first awful October and say, okay, Davis is great. LeBron will presumably get a little better as we go. Okay. Let me ask differently. I think the best bet to make the Lakers right now is just to make the play-in. I don't want to predict what happens from there. I see a plus 150 to make the play-in. I feel like that's the likely range. We know they're not like they're not going to tank, obviously. They're going to go for it. And the other thing we didn't factor in is one answer to the who finishes below them is just somebody that got too hurt. Somebody. We don't know who it is, but someone will just fall down because that's how basketball works. So we don't need to one more then. If I told you the Lakers are not in the play-in, is it because they finished above the play-in with a secure playoff spot, or is it because they missed it altogether? If you had to, if you had to bet not a play-in, they either are a top six seed or a bottom five. Which of those outcomes is more likely to you? I mean, it's like minus two fifty that they're below, meaning that it's far more likely that they're below. Like that they are, yeah, it's minus 250 heavily weighted towards they are the 11th through 15th team. I mean, it it is that again, if they are the Kings or Wolves or something like no book is yeah. going to probably give us that because they're the Lakers. But right. So if they're not a play in team missing is far more likely than, oh, yeah, great. They're just the sixth seed. I agree. <laughs> so and this is a lot to say. I don't think we can bet this. Another thing about them is. So they were awesome defensively. They were second in defense for so long. Dunks and threes now has them at 16th. And I was like, whoa, that's a big drop off in a short amount of time. So in this stretch, if you go to clean the glass, they've got last two weeks, non-garbage time. Ninth in offense, 22nd in defense. Yeah, that's the same as since November 1st, 22nd in defense also. And that net rating I mentioned. This is a huge red flag that they are an inconsistent team that you do not know. They don't have an identity. That means that in the first month of the season, they couldn't hit anything. They couldn't shoot at all, but they were this awesome elite defensive team. And the last two weeks, everyone's is, is Davis is is scoring and Austin Reeves is doing things and Lonnie Walker and these types of things. And their offense is cooking, but their defense is falling off a cliff. If their offense improves, why didn't the defense hold that? That to me is supremely scary. So I think we can agree that the Lakers are not a buy low team. Right. I don't, I don't know that because they're the Lakers, I don't think there is a sell high. Really. There's no high here. 
But yeah, they are in no certain terms not a buy low team for me in any possible way. The only the only one is to basically say that if we think that the Lakers odds influence any of the other teams that are out on the outside trying to get in, that to me is like the only kind of play. Sure. Um, but I'm also not excited about those. Uh, let's talk about the Kings real quick. Okay. Light the beam. They're plus 1600 to win the division. Okay. Now, uh, again, I would just, I just want to talk about it. I just want to talk about it because objectively, if we look at this, the Kings are 13 and 10, the Suns are 16 and nine. That's right. The Sacramento Kings are one game back in the loss column from the Phoenix Suns for the division lead. Light the fucking beam, baby. Like, <laughs> Kings have been awesome. I, the reason I put this in a buy low spot, because everybody's got to be like, Matt, everyone's talking about the Kings and how fun it is and how, how, you know. My only thing is the only reason that this can be plus 1600 to win the division behind the other teams is basically because everybody's like, surely not the Kings. Like, surely the Kings aren't going to win the division. But like, what if, if we're gonna, if, uh, here's my thing. If we're gonna say, if we say that the regular season results are why we're indicative of this is who they are. If we're saying that's the resume, right? Because the Boston Celtics, if you're going in with the idea that, look, they've, they've shown that they're the, the title contender baked into that is like, oh, and they were really good last year and they made the finals, but what you're, but you're still waiting it heavily on this being the team that this, that these results are sustainable. And so if we look at it from that perspective, here's, what's really crazy, Brandon, because I still can't get over these numbers. They, they just make me absolutely lose my mind. The, the Boston Celtics are number one in offense and 13th in defensive rating. The Sacramento Kings are third in offense and 24th in defensive rating. And that's after the, the Celtics have gone on like an even hotter run lately. Like <laughs> there was a time where it was like 117 to 18 in terms of the separation between those two teams. Um, I'm not saying we should bet it. I'm just asking is plus 1600 a bad number when it comes to the Sacramento Kings to win the division? I think it's bettable. And I'll tell you this. If you look around out there, I see a plus 2,500 on Kings to make the playoffs. So if you thought 1,600 is juicy, 2,500 is juicier. Here's the question I'll ask back to you. It's not a bet for me, but it's not one that I can hate too much. Here's my problem. Any division bet, like always, it's you're, you're betting on a team and against four other teams in this case. One of them is the Lakers. We've covered them. When we did the Lakers section, you listed as your four or five teams clearly ahead of, of the Lakers as clear playoff teams. You gave me Phoenix, you gave me Golden State, and you gave me the Clippers, who I don't have in that group. Those are all, that's the other three teams in the division. Yeah, The Kings have to finish ahead of all three of them. And to me, like the best case Kings season scenario, maybe it's something similar to what we're seeing already. Maybe there's another level they can get to, but the best, best Kings scenario is like a low 50s-ish type season. The Warriors, Suns, and Clippers, best scenario blows that out of the water. And even like, like we need all three of those teams to not even hit what, like a 75th percentile outcome. Yeah. We need them all to hit a 50th or below percentile outcome and the Kings to be good. Yeah. To me, it's like we're on a four-way parlay now. We're we're yeah. betting against three talented teams. And like one of them probably will be bad, and maybe two, but all three, and we need the Kings to still do the Kings thing. It's possible. Like at 25 to one, I don't think that's a bad number. I think that that's in range, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's the reason why the number is still so long. All right, one more team, and then we're going to do a transition. Because there's two, there's two teams you know, I really disagree on. We're going to talk about them. Um, but the one team that I think is still in a buy low spot, uh, it was easier for me to make this argument before last night when the Boston Celtics <laughs> jumped up and down on their heads like the Celtics have done to literally everyone. Um, the Suns a few days ago, there's a book that has them at plus 450 to win the Western Conference. At FanDuel, they're plus 320. Now, they're the favorite at FanDuel, but I still, I think that 320 is maybe a little bit closer to where this should be. There are books that have them lower, that have them behind like Golden State and even the Clippers in yeah. that kind of third spot. The reason I kind of think this is maybe a buy low spot um, is... Their win profile, the thing I always pay attention to, is really good. Now, that's a regular season thing. 
And this, this bet has to do with, can you win the playoffs? However, I bet the Suns to be the number one seed a few weeks back when the number was really pretty good. Uh, Cause it was still a lot more uncertainty. The Suns beat the bad teams. They've won their division games. They've won at home. Like that loss last night is fine. It has nothing to do with how the Suns are going to be in the regular season. I will say that their fans are very concerned. Like their fans are very concerned about like how this is going to go. Um, however, if I'll just say this, if you're somebody that wants to bet a conference and you don't want to bet, bet a title bet, and we've talked about before about how, if you're going to go that far, maybe just go ahead and go the full way or parlay it round Robin it with like Celtics and Bucks. But I will say that I, I think that the Suns, if you're getting a number above 400, not that the implied percentage is necessarily drastically different between 320 and 400, but I think you're getting pretty good value based off of the, of the likelihood of Phoenix having the number one seed and their ability to avoid maybe some pitfalls um, or tough matchups down the line. Yeah. I, I just have a hard time getting there with this team. I, th- this is going to sound lazy analysis. I'll unpack it. It's hard for me not to start putting them in the last few years jazz category. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is not that they're the jazz because they're different, very different teams, but Clearly, look, I, I bet uh, I gave out in our preseason podcast, and to be fair, there were other off-court things happening then, but I gave out multiple times Suns to miss the playoffs. Yeah, okay, I lost. That one was probably not going to happen, barring a bunch of injuries. Clearly, the regular season formula works here. We were never really super sold on the playoff version of the formula, and then it didn't go well last year, not in either of the rounds that they played. And the profile is pretty much the same. They still don't get any free throws. They still don't take many threes. The EFG, the shooting numbers are a little worse than they were last year, offense and defensively. Chris Paul, to me, is the real problem here. CP's played 11 games. He's averaging nine points a game. Like, that's, he's not a scorer. That's not the point. But nine points a game, like, not going to cut it. And I still... Unless I see Chris Paul look even sort of kind of like he still exists in there, I can't bet on this team to win three playoff series in the West. Even if they're the one seed, I don't think that I would put them as a lock against like all those other teams we talked about in the first round, whoever the eight seed is. And I'm not saying like, oh, what if it's the Lakers or Clippers? No, what if it's like the Kings or Blazers? And the Suns would be correctly favored. Mavs. But what if yeah, sure. Mavs? What if the Mavs again? It's like, I think the Suns in any playoff series in the West, all three series they would have to win to win the West. I don't, I don't feel like I would think of them the way I would think about the Celtics or the Bucks against somebody in the first round and maybe the second round. There's nobody like that that I would feel that way with the Suns. I just, I need to see for for me to make this bet. I need to see Chris Paul look a little bit like we've seen Chris Paul before. Booker's been great. Bridges and Aiden have been good, but with CP falling off and with the lack of depth behind it and otherwise just the same version of the team, to me, it's just a worse version of last year's team. So why would I yeah. bet it now and it didn't go well then? Well, I think the counter argument is that Chris missed the last couple of weeks with injury, right? So they're still here. Like this is the buy low spot, right? It's like they haven't looked good. And so that's maybe the argument is like they haven't yeah. looked good. They haven't sorted out the, the Jay Crowder trade and they haven't had uh, Cam Johnson, who's such a big part of their team. And they're going to get him back. Like to me, they have to be a buy low because I kind of agree with you, except for if we're defining buy low, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's easy. The, the, to the price is low. The price is not, you're right. The price is going to get shorter. If you yeah. want to buy some stock, this is your spot to buy low. I agree with that. I just, I don't want to buy personally. I, I will, I missed it. If you want to buy Suns regular season futures. Great. I think this is a great spot for that because you're right. They're going to get these guys back. Maybe you buy division. Maybe you buy the one seed or the best record or something like that. I could get on board with that. I just, I don't want to play the playoff version of this team. So your buy low spots in our rundown you've got uh, are is basically the Southwest division. Uh, let's talk about yeah. that. And then we'll move to Blazers and Clippers. Yeah. So just as I was kind of looking through the teams in the West, the three teams that stood out most to me as the teams where I'm like, I kind of like, I kind of like where this is looking. I like where this is heading. 
they're all three of the teams that matter in the NBA in the Southwest division with respect to whatever is earned to Rockets and Spurs. Thanks for coming along. So Pels, Grizzlies, Mavs, we talked a lot about these coming into the year of just like, okay, what's the way to play it? What order do we put these three teams in? And I just, as I look at the profile, as I look at what's building, what's cooking for these teams, I like what I see on all three of them. Like I, I think all three are in a good spot. So Grizzlies, I don't have too much on the Grizzlies. What I like is that Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson both have really been terrific in the time that they've played, but they've played combined less than one player. You know, like if you even put the two of them together, they're still not playing a whole season. Bain is plus nine on the court. Jackson's plus 10 on court per 100. Both of them are over four box plus minus. If they get both of those guys and Jaw and the rest of what's gone well for them, they're already top 10 offense and defense. They're already top 10 net rating. And like to, to similar to what we just said about the Suns, this is a buy low. Like the Grizzlies are low. They're missing these guys and still looking pretty good to me. So I like that. I still like the Mavericks profile. I still, when I look at like the four factors and just what the makeup of the team, again, not playoffs, just regular season. Yep. They're top two in free throws. They're top two in three-pointers. They're still number one limiting three-point attempts, the Jason Kidd defense thing. They're they're not turning it over. They still have Luca putting up 33, nine and nine. Like still looks like a pretty good profile to me. I looked at just an, an over 46 and a half. Like they're all in the same division. It's hard to figure out, well, which one for the division. The team that I love though is just, and I, I feel like I had to catch up a little bit on them is the Pelicans. Goodness, like, in our Slack, I keep seeing different people talk about Pelicans and, oh, I'm buying Pelicans West futures and whatever else. I'm like, okay, let's, let's settle down. Like, all right, let's settle down a little bit. The Pelicans, they're fun and they're young and everything. The Pelicans are second in net rating right now. Here's the thing that stood out to me. I did not expect this defense from the Pelicans. That was I was never willing to go all in because I, I didn't know how you make a defense with this team. That to be fair, they're number one in three point percentage allowed, so uh, I, that's probably going to regress. But in four factors, they're top 10 in all four factors for defense, they're third in defensive rating. The bench is what's been great. Ingram and CJ haven't even been that good yet, and they're still this good. I really like this Pelicans profile. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't understand why the Grizzlies are still the favorite to win this division. It's insane to me. Oh, yeah. It should be the Pelicans. I know that they're close. I get it. But the number's wrong. We gave this out in preseason. Uh, It was plus 400 then, right? We've got those tickets. Yeah, we did this a bunch of time on the Pelicans. Yeah, we we hit them like four times. I may have – I've hit them again since then. Uh, Plus 160 right now. I still think that's a good number for you to bet. Here's a good way to, like, put these three teams into perspective, okay? Um, Expected wins per 82 which is point differential versus versus SOS over at clean the glass. You've got the, the Pelicans are the second best team in the NBA by that metric. They're on pace for 58 wins. Okay. Uh, Dallas is next at 51.2. Memphis is third at 50.4. The only team that's of those three, that's overperformed their win percentage is the Memphis Grizzlies. We talked about this all throughout the, the, the win totals process. If you listen to this podcast, the big thing was I, I talked about how you want to fade that year after year, but in season, it tends to regress backwards. Now the mark on the Grizzlies is not like huge. It's 0.6. So like it's, they're not way above expectation. It's, it's fine. They're probably going to be about this team. Like I watched them on bet stream last night and they were really impressive. I think maybe the best, the best buy low spot is probably Dallas based off of a couple yeah. of things the losses that they've suffered are part of their win profile they're more likely to lose to bad teams but being more likely to lose the bad teams still means you win most of them if you're a good team so they're going to win they will wind up with a positive record versus the teams under 500 getting the wins that they've gotten versus the they have two wins versus the nuggets already a win versus the suns and a couple a win versus the warriors you've already taken games where they were dogs and they've won those games outright. So that like improves their odds in implicitly the at FanDuel it's plus 130 Memphis plus 145 Pels and Mavs plus 270. 
this should be plus 100 Pelicans, plus 150 Mavericks, plus 200 Grizzlies. Like, that's what we should be looking at. If Mm -hmm. you want to go a little bit shorter, if you want to go 125, 150, 175, fine. But Pels need to be the favorite, and the best value on the board is the Mavericks at plus 270. I agree with this. Yeah, I... I think I might I think I might reorder Mavs Grizzlies. I don't know. I don't think about that. But I agree. The Pelicans should be the favorite. I like the division number there. Look, we're 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 talking about buy low, sell high. Yep. How can you buy low? The word is low on the Pelicans. They're the one seed right now. They are pulled ahead of the Phoenix Suns as the one seed. So I realize conceptually, buy low, we're not great here. But let me get throw out two bats to you here on the Pelicans. So as of Thursday afternoon, the Pelicans are 16 and eight. The Suns and Grizzlies are 16 and nine. That's the two and three seed. New Orleans, I can see it right now. I see a plus 600 to be the one seed. Oh boy. Which they are right now, by the way. I also see a 40 to one to lead the league in the wins, which is be the one seed and stay ahead of the Bucks and the Celtics. Clearly long for a reason. But they're the one seed right now. They're top six offense and defense, second in net rating. Ingram has missed some games. CJ hasn't been that good. Zion's getting better. I don't think this is the peak version of this team. They're already the one seed. Why shouldn't I bet six to one to stay the one seed for the team that might be the best team and still have room to get better? I bet them to be the two. So I, I may have to, if they're the one seed, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, that would be, that's, that's a rough beat if that happens. Yeah. Um, I bet them to be the two and the three. I bet them at both spots. <laughs> so you um, really need this bet not to hit for you. You're yeah, in great shape on the two or three right now. Uh, I will say, here's here's kind of the argument against it, though. Uh, dunks and threes, the order of strength of schedule. Pels are 26. Mm. Dallas is ninth. Memphis is 14th. So we talk about buying high, like you're buying the Pelicans after they've crushed an easy <laughs> schedule yeah, and they've underperformed right. in terms of the wins that they've gotten. Right. Um, Memphis, you can argue is kind of a buy low spot where they're still 16 and nine, a game behind the Pelicans. The net rating isn't as good, but they've had a tougher strength of schedule. And then I return back to Dallas who is, 13 and 11, three games back of the Pels, and they had the ninth toughest schedule so far. Um, I don't hate the Pels plus 600 to, to win the West. It's good value in terms of like of it being six to one. You're getting like such a great payout there. Uh, I might lean more towards finding a regular season win total and just going that way and and banking on that. Yeah. I wrote about them a couple weeks ago. There's so much that they can improve on and they're going to get better. So yeah. by, by the way, the win total is 47 and a half on new Orleans. You just told me their expected wins is 58 right now. So yeah. you can clear that by 10. 10. That seems pretty good. We're 25 games into the season. And you can bankroll that to pay off your, your, the plus 600 too. like bet them both right. because you can't win the one without the other. And then the one can basically can basically free roll you for the 600. If you are are so confident that it's going to go over, which we are. Um, Let's go ahead and skip blazers for now. You know, I have this one on the list and it's a, we're running long on time. And I think we got to talk about the Clippers short answer on the blazers. I think it's a buy low spot because they're only one game back at Denver and Denver's kind of a mess right now, but it might be like a low spot for Denver. Uh, Brandon's a lot more low on the Blazers and thinks that the Wolves are more of a buy high spot. Let's talk about them. Maybe like we'll, we'll circle back to them here in a few weeks. Uh, sure. But we we need to talk about Clippers. So I have them as a buy low. You have them as a sell high, which I think is really fascinating. Um, here's what has happened over the last couple of weeks. They started off the season and they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a fucking boat and they were taking the worst shot profile in the league. They weren't taking threes and we were all like, "What are you doing?" Like. All you have are shooters. Then Paul George and Kawhi got hurt. So they go through the stretch and they start to stabilize. And as we sit here on this Thursday, the Los Angeles Clippers are 14 and 12, over 500, three games back of the Phoenix Suns with the Sacramento Kings above them by two games. They're they're ahead of the Warriors. Kawhi and PG just got back. Now, Kawhi and PG just got back. 
and they just lost the magic in overtime after having a huge lead on Wednesday night. I wish I wasn't on the bet stream because I absolutely would have li- live bet magic when they were up 20. I'm really mad because I was talking about it in the Slack and then I had to get <laughs> on the bet stream. Um, the key though is that Norman Powell, your guy, Norman Powell, has My been man out. Norm. Your guy, Norman Powell, has been out with a groin injury. He is not traveling with the team, but the fact that they're giving updates on it does kind of tell you that like this is not going to be a months-long absence. So the number I found that I think is significant is this. The Clippers are 11 and five when Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Reggie Jackson are available to play together. And they're four and one when Kawhi and Norman Powell are healthy together this season. This is a buy low spot, Brandon. Okay. They're plus 450 to win the division. They're longer than some of these other teams that we've talked. They are, think about that, plus 450. They're they're where we were with the Pelicans in preseason to win that division. Um, they're only three games back. Everything has gone wrong. They've had a prolonged Kawhi absence. They've had a prolonged PG absence. And then Norman Powell got hurt. They couldn't figure out what they were doing for a long time. And they're still within range. This team's going to be fine. Even if Kawhi is out and he, you know, you want to say like, but we can't trust Kawhi. Okay. PG, I do feel like does not deserve to get in the Anthony Davis conversation. I people are gonna say Davis has missed the same amount of time last two seasons. Fine, fine, fine. fine. Paul George has a, has a longer history of being available than Anthony Davis and Kawhi, who missed time in their previous stops. Like PG plays, PG's playing in the back to back tonight is a good example of this. PG plays in back to backs. That's nice. So to me, Brandon, it, when we look at where they are at. Again, this is a it's a buy low. They, they're not going to be teams that you're like, oh, I feel great about this because you look and you know they lost the magic and they're only blah 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 blah. But the Clippers are still after all of this. They're still fourteen and twelve. There's so much runway for them forward. I think this is a buy low spot on the Clippers. Yeah, it's interesting because in a way you're you're playing the number and the number that you're playing is the standings and the standings say, hey, all the other bad stuff. It's all in the past now. We get to move forward, and we're only two games back, and that's the number that we get to go with. And it, it, you're right; like there's there's no disputing it. That is the number. To me, I I just think I, I feel like that I can't go off of that win loss record because I, why do I even care about this team? Like they're not good. They're not good at anything right now. Earlier when we went through the groups of Lakers teams and who's at the top and who's at the bottom or whatever, and I had to find teams below what the Lakers would be, and we had Rockets, Spurs, Thunder, my next team is the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers, you have them as a playoff lock. I don't think the Clippers are a play-in lock. I don't think the Clippers are necessarily going to make the playoffs. My favorite Clippers bet is still to miss the playoffs. I gave that out a month ago at 9-1. to one. It's still plus 330 right now. I still think that's good value. Paul George is not really playing that well right now. Kawhi Leonard is not really playing right now and has been terrible when he has played. Reggie Jackson sucks, and there's way too much of him right now. The depth, the thing that we were so excited about about the team, hasn't really like come to fruition so far. Like, I don't even think you really disagree with most of this. Because your argument is basically like, yeah, everything's been awful. They're terrible. But they're still 14 and 12. There's time mm-hmm. to write the ship. My, You're right about that. I just think I'm going to ignore the 14. You're ignoring all the underlying stuff and saying, but it's 14 and 12. Let's see where it goes. I'm ignoring the 14 and 12 and saying, I think that's fool's gold. This team stinks and everything underlying is bad. The offense sucks. It's like third worst in the league. Yep. I don't think the defense looks real. I don't know what I would like about this team. This is the buy low thing. It's whether here. I, the thing <laughs> is here is again, with where we're at in the season, you have to decide whether you trust the last month and a half of games. You have to, you have to make those and you can make the, you don't have to have the determination for the same team for like across the board, right? You can say, no, the Celtics are the best team. They're a juggernaut. They're absolutely this good offensively. They're not going to dip. They're only going to get better with Robert Williams. The numbers are what they say they are. And then you could, on the flip side, say, you know, I still think the Warriors are going to be great, right? You don't have to be, con- I don't think it, you have to be consistent with that approach. Maybe better, but you can mix and match a little bit. And this is one where you really have to decide we have 
let's see, Tyloo took over 2021. We have 2020, 21, 2021, 22. And then we have this year. It, are this is this Clippers team closer to those teams? Or is this team closer to garbage gonna miss the playoffs? Like, which is what they've been. The team that are they closer to what they've been? And the you you have to give like that credence. I'm not saying throw it out, right? Because if it was, then this would be like an auto max bet, right? But I'm not like this stuff has happened. They are what the record says they are. I think that that's a factor. I do think, honestly, the best buy low spot here is not even the division. The win total is just 43 and a half. Two games over 500, Brandon, for a team with Kawhi and Paul George, who we loved to get Norman Powell back. Your team, quote unquote, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That's true. What? What do you have the expected win total from dunks and threes on this team? Because Uh, I I, there's a book out there right now that has an under forty eight and a half still hanging out out there. It's juice. Look, they're expected at CTG is thirty five. Ooh, yeah. So, so here's the thing. I I disagree that this is a buy low spot. I think it's. I think you're buying high. Because of the way the books are still pricing it. You just said a while ago, there are books that have the Clippers favored to win the West. Yeah. That if they're favored or considered even to win the West, and to be fair, that's a different season. That's the yeah. postseason. I understand that that's part of it. But if they're getting that much respect, you got to make the playoffs to win the West. Last time I checked, <laughs> you still got to get in to win the True. West. True. So like, the, the Clippers are plus 450. The Warriors in the same division are plus 400. The Warriors are way better right now. Why wouldn't I just put my money on the same odds on the team that's actually good right now instead of the team that sucks at everything but happens to win games every now and then? I, I don't know. Well, let's talk about them. Um, I've been consistently on the, the Warriors are fine. I have lost Curry MVPs. I have bet, like I bet the Warriors win the title in those parlays that I like to do with the, with the East of lunch. I'm good on Warrior Celtics for the rest of the year. <laughs> like, we're good. I've bought enough of those. I can take the longer shots from here on out. Um, what's interesting to me, though, is that the Warriors are still plus 330 to the Suns plus 320 to win the West. And for the title at at FanDuel, the Warriors are still, they are plus 750. Given where they are, that seems really high. A lot of this gets into, this is the question that I think you have to ask if you're going to uh, either buy low or sell high on the Warriors. It's how good can they get to? Because they're going to need right. some rest spots in there. Again, I feel I just feel amazing about the win total. Like, thank God that their win total under was a max bet for me because I'm going to at least be able to break even on the Celtics. Like, that's that's essentially it. If the Warriors go on a winning streak, I'm in trouble. <laughs> like, no <laughs> amount of my Kings futures are going to get me home. Um the question with the with the Warriors, and this does translate because I always like I've said this, like they're not going to have a good regular season, but they're going to. I think they can win the title. The road's going to be tougher. This is an interesting question. It's because somebody I was arguing about this with somebody. They're like, well, look, if Golden State has to go on the road for all three rounds, if they're five or lower, and they got to go on the road to Denver, and then face the Suns, and then come whoever comes out of the two three, right? that just wears on you. It's harder. Yeah. I guess I don't consider home. I I really am at this point where there's certain teams that I'm like, if they're going to do this, they're going to have to have home court. Like I think Denver needs a top two seed in order for them to get to, to make Mm it. And Denver has been good on the road under Michael Malone, but they're just not good enough. They don't have the margin for error. They need a better situation. The warriors. I feel like can go on the road and beat the nuggets in a four or five. And I think they can go on the road and beat the Suns in a 1-4. I'm not worried about that. But that, to me, is kind of the question of whether you want to sell high on the Warriors or not. What I don't know is, because like you you were, were lower on the Warriors a couple of weeks ago. I think you've kind of come yeah. around to, oh, they're going to be fine. I don't know how to fade them. I don't know, because the Suns <laughs> are still the division bet, right? This division favorite. I don't know what the outcome is if we're looking to sell high on the Warriors. I don't have a correlated bet here. Yeah, I tried to figure out what the correlated angle is on how how to fade the thing that we're talking about. We'll start with just like with the profile of the team, because you're right. You were, you, I was on the edge of the cliff on this team and I I was low on them coming into the year defensively. And then 
uh, I had a lot of confirmation bias the first month when things looked really bad. I was like, see, see, I knew they were bad. I knew it was bad all along. And then they just got rid of James Wiseman. And it turns <laughs> out they're, they're pretty okay. good without James Wiseman. Yep. Literally, since Wiseman left the team, since he's played, I think he played like one game on point. But since he left, basically, they're 10 and 6, which is third most wins in the NBA. They are eighth offense, sixth on defense, fourth in net rating. They're fine, it turns out. Just get rid of James Wiseman. Everything is fine. I I don't know if I'm still quite on the everything is fine island because Steph has had to be supernova Steph during this stretch for them to, to get back to the they're fine, and they're still 13 and 13. And of all teams to say, oh, it's fine. They can go on the road and win all these series. They can't go on the road and win a game right now. They're still struggling to win a game on the road. Yeah, I realize the playoffs are different, but I think what would worry me as you painted the picture of, okay, so they're probably not going to be the one seed. They're probably going to have to come from four or five, six, whatever. Okay, well, number one, what if it's seven? Now you got to win a playing game too. They were really hot two years ago at the end of the season. All they had to do was just get out of the play-in and they would have been a really good sleeper. They didn't. They went cold. You missed some shots. You're out. It's over. That can happen no matter how good you are. Any given Sunday or whatever day you're playing <laughs> basketball. The other thing is we've seen enough Warriors now, and Steph in particular, and you know I'm a Steph fanboy, The attrition matters. And it matters to Curry in particular in the playoffs. Those That extra series, whatever it is on the first round, that they do win, but it took them six or seven hard games rather than five easy ones, that we know historically that matters to Steph by the time we get to the conference finals. His body just doesn't quite hold up. He's a little dude compared to the rest of the guys around him out there. So I think to me that's the argument against it. But the numbers, like you said, the numbers, all the books, everything is like, yeah, they're fine. Yeah, it's, it's the Warriors. But you got us last year, everyone. Thanks for that, everyone. <laughs> we gave you that one. And we're not doing that again. Yep. Like, I, I think yep. that's where we're at. I think that the books are just like, nope, never again. Nope. Until, until there are, is dirt on the Warriors dynasty's grave, we are not giving you a chance again. So I, I'm not buying in, but I don't really know how to sell out on the spot. Two more quick sell highs but before we move on to Rackham. Um, the Jazz and the Kings are two interesting teams from the perspective of make miss playoffs jazz. No one's like the books are still reflecting the public. Who's like, Oh, come on. The jazz aren't making the playoffs. It's minus <laughs> one ninety, but it is, it is less than two to one. And so, you know, I, I don't know that there's, if you're of that opinion and you know that I'm pretty high on Utah and don't want to count them out. Cause like, I like the way that they play. They're getting Mike Conley back probably this week which them weathering the storm without Conley ever when they went on the, the losing streak, everyone was like, see, just smoke. They were smoking mirrors. And I was like, but that Conley. And then they actually got some good for really big wins and have like stabilized and Conley's coming back and they're 11 and six when Mike plays uh, minus minus one ninety is implied 65, 65.5%. So the Imagine. question is you gotta get, you gotta be 66% sure or better that the Kings or that the Jazz are not going to make the postseason because there'll be dogs in any play-in matchup that they play. So you're not going to have a good hedge there. They probably won't. They'll probably be sizable dogs in that spot. There won't be a good hedge opportunity. Um, I don't want to lay it on the minus 190. Is there any other angle you can think of if you want to fade the Jazz, which I will be very clear, I do not because I love the Jazz this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that there's a lot of value on the number. Like I, I am fading the Jazz. I, I would put them... If you made me pick the five teams to not make the postseason, they inevitably will end up being one of my teams probably. But here's the problem for me. I actually think if like the play-in started tomorrow and Utah was in a play-in game, like they're for sure the underdog. I think I probably would bet Utah because, because like the, the profile, the, all the three pointers that they take and that they don't allow the opponent to take. If, if you are, playing games are March Madness. You got one game. When we get to March Madness every year, you look for the Cinderella team that has their profile that that slows it down, that turns other teams over so you get more possessions, that, that rebounds, and you want the team with a huge three-point differential thing because you might just get hot and make all of your shots. And the Jazz are extremely the might-just-get-hot team. 
And I don't want to lay juice to miss the playoffs and then be in a play and be like, but man, I want to, I want to back this team in this game tonight. Like I expect that they would be the nine or the 10 seed. And it's like, okay, jazz Clippers or jazz Lakers. Yeah. But it's going to be like the Los Angeles will be laying double digits in that game because they'd be a massive home favorite. And I'm just like, I don't know. Let's, let's see if the jazz can shoot some shooty hoops tonight and see what happens. Here's the jazz question. As they have fallen back, earlier in the year, we talked about, okay, the the tanking question, and they were too good to tank. Everything is still tight, but as they slide back, there are only three teams clearly below them that we've talked about. If all the other teams keep being pretty good and Utah is maybe kind of a play-in team, does that question come back in? And at some point, they're like, all right, we had fun, didn't we? It's time to trade Lowry. It's time to trade Mike. Like, if you're on the wrong side of the fringe and you're no longer winning three-fourths of your games, maybe you got to come back to the tank question, and, and that's the way that suddenly the minus 160 feels pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. I think that for me it's like, uh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on it. Uh, I hate to be the villain here because everyone knows how much I love the Kings this season. Light the beam, baby. Kings are even money to make the playoffs, Brandon, and... <laughs> That number, I was like, oh, no. It's minus 110 <laughs> both ways. You got to pay the VIG. But it's minus 110. Um, look, again, if, if we go back up to the top and we what we talked about initially, yeah. how many teams are going to do. Phoenix, Denver, Warriors, Pelicans, that's four. Do I think that the Kings will finish above the Grizzlies and the Mavericks and the Clippers? No. Like, even if you don't, if you want to doubt the Clippers, you have to get them past, you have, in order to feel really good about this, you got to get them into the, like, you have to be outright. And you could say, yes. like, well, they, yeah. I know we've talked about this You cannot podcast. bet Kings to make the playoffs if you don't think that they are going to be the top six. They could get there otherwise, but you can't yeah. bet it unless you feel very good about top six. And if you want to say, yeah, but there'll be dogs in the play-in tournament. And you guys talked about how you can hedge. You don't. You do not want the Kings in a must win to make the playoff situation. The pressure on them would be so intense. Like it would be incredible tension because of the streak. Like it's honestly unfair to a team that's led by so many young guys. It is unfair in that spot. So yeah, you got to feel yeah. like the Kings are going to actually get there. And if you, if you factor all of those things in and the no is minus minus one ten. I'm not going to bet it because I would just feel like such a dick because of how much <laughs> I want good things to happen to the Kings. Uh, but if you ask me if there's value there, there absolutely is. Yeah. I just would add again, looking at the numbers, you have to think that this team could be top six because if not, if they end up in the play and like you just said, they're underdogs. And guess what? If they're underdogs, you can just play the money line for better than plus 100, which is the odds you're playing right now for the same playoff spot. So you can play the Kings other ways. That can't be the right number right now. And I think if you have to play a side, you have to be the villain on this one. And the number looks under, even though I have the Kings seventh right now. And I toyed with putting them in the clearly ahead of the Lakers tier with those top six that I had. They're good. There's just a lot of other good teams. That's all. All right, let's do rack them. Uh, every so often, about once a month, Brandon and I are going to do this segment that I, I have decided what we're going to do is I'm going to do it, and then you're going to critique it. That's the best way to do this because <laughs> you would never do these kind of bets. Okay, rack them up. Uh, it is a parlay of all the awards that are on the board right now, okay? And we base it off of Brandon and I pay enough attention to this, and we have enough positions, and I bet during the year, blah, 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 blah. This is a fun bet. I have not, like, do not put... A, don't 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 put a, a unit on this like i am just throwing this out there for conversation's sake uh i'm gonna run it down and you tell me which ones you don't like tatum for mvp because i have positions on everybody else and at some point i need to, I need to be able to just accept that if they win 65 games and he averages 30 points a game jason tatum is probably winning it uh paolo bancaro rookie of the year at minus 440 Jared Allen, defensive player of the year number one in epm gave that out on monday's episode number one in epm defensively and uh, third best in on-court net uh, defensive rating. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, minus 130 when most improved. And your guy, 
Norman Powell <laughs> at plus 10,000. I can't believe this number is 10,000. I know he's hurt. Brandon, I, I objectively, like beyond the Rackham, uh, since November 1st, bench scoring in the NBA, minimum 10 games. Benedict Matherin at 17.3, Malik Monk at 17.1, Christian Wood at 16.7, and Norman Powell at 16.7. He's 0.6 back of Matherin since November 1st. He's coming back in the, in short order for a, again, I said the Clippers can probably take off. Uh, I love this bet. Of those, Tatum, Bancaro, Allen, SGA, Norman Powell, I did a buy three round Robin that pays something absolutely ridiculous. I don't have the number in front of me of actually what it was, uh, but it is a ridiculous payout number. What is the, what, where are the ones you don't like there? All right, I'm doing, I'm doing the math right now for you. Cause we've, we've got the, $25 gives you a payout of $83,945. <laughs> so if I've got the math right, you are getting 3,358 to one on this bet. It's a round robin too. Remember, you can miss some of them. That That's true. That's true. That That's the number I'm giving you is if everything else. So uh, we'll come back to Norman in a second because I know that's going to fit under another category. I think Paolo is the clear favorite, pretty obviously. I like the Jared Allen argument. Like yes. it's going to take some time, but I'm starting to see some buzz. I'm seeing people talk about him. I absolutely would rather bet on Jared Allen than Evan Mobley. I think if a Cleveland Cavalier gets into the mix, I think he could. The numbers are there. The The nerd podcasts that I listen to are talking about Jared Allen, which means that there, there's momentum coming. I'm not quite there on Shea yet just because my model needs a playoff team. And I don't see the thunder in that mix, but Shea has been incredible. I won't fault it too much. The one here that I can't do, that I can't I certainly cannot at this number, is the one you started with. Jason Tatum is not winning MVP. Oh, and wow. I am not. Jason Tatum could win MVP. If the season ended right now, I think he would be in the mix because the Celtics have been so good. I am not treating Jason Tatum like the favorite to win MVP right now. He could. He could win MVP and he could right now today, but we're betting for 82 games and the Celtics aren't going to go like 81 and one this season, like they're on pace to. And I am not putting Tatum at plus 280. I would take that one out of the mix and I, I can get on board with the rest. I can see the rest that the 280 on Tatum is a bad, wrong number. I don't remember the segment we've had where we, we've done a segment a couple of times where it's like, don't bet this one. That would have been my immediate pick. Don't bet Jason Tatum plus 280. You're paying way too much. Jared Allen's already down to plus 3,600 at FanDuel. I'm doing this right now, so I'm going to ask you this one too. Okay. If we do all of the other ones, okay. but we sub in Curry, and we're doing a round robin by threes, it is, if you hit all can, of them. Can you explain, as you're, as you're telling this, explain to the listeners what a round robin means. So a round robin, if you don't know, is it's a parlay where you get to hit individual it's parlays within a, a set. So if we do it by threes, every three that you hit, every combination pays that parlay amount. Right. So if you just put in all these and you went through the manually, you could do it manually, but right. the books let you do this otherwise. So it's easier and faster of if you hit three of the five, that's one parlay. Um, if you hit four, you hit the combinations thereof. Right. A buy three parlay out of the five with Steph, Paolo, Allen, Shea, and Powell is plus four. I, again, I need to be real. I want to stress this. <laughs> I don't want to be a caricature of betting content. I am saying this is fun. And you're if you hit three of them, you're still going to be way sure. in the money. The biggest thing here is to kind of show the value on parlaying uh, awards futures because we have clear indications of who is and who isn't going to win already through the course of the season but the payout is 467,854 if you hit all five <laughs> if you just parlayed them straight brandon if you just parlayed them straight if, if you just parlayed them straight with your ten dollar throwaway bet you have won a lot of money at the end of, a lot of money uh, the, right, the, the round robin thing basically if you if you sat and made combinations of every three out of the five and then every four and then all five together, that's the round robin thing, basically, right? Yeah. So so I made my version of a rack up. Let me give it to you quickly here. Th this is not nearly as fun as yours. I'll just be upfront about that. And this is actually a bet that you could bet an actual amount on if you would like. 
Here's my version of a round robin rackum. So on our buy, buy low section, I was high on, I wanted to talk about Southwest Division. You can bet at some books Southwest Division to win the NBA championship. Oh, I want Southwest Division to win the West. I can't find it anywhere, but I can make it. So here's what I want. This is my rackum. I'm going to take my bet, whatever my unit is. If you want to be a $100 better, take your 100 bucks, split it up evenly. I'm going to put it on Grizzlies to win the West, plus 850. Pelicans to win the West, plus 1300. Mavs, plus 1400. So Grizzlies, eight and a half to one. Pels, 13 to one. Mavs, 14 to one. I'm not parlaying. They obviously can't all win the West. I'm splitting. And if I put all three of those together, I've done the math for you. I'm getting a plus 311 ticket on the Southwest Division to win the West. Sorry, Rockets and Spurs, you don't get to play. <laughs> so I get a three to one on one of those three teams to win the West. I like it. I think it's a good number. I think it's too short. I think there's a very good chance at the very least we get somebody in the Western Conference Finals. We got three shots at three teams we absolutely agree are playoff teams. Yeah. So that's nearly half the field. We, we might even possibly get a spot where both of those teams end up playing each other in the West. Like I think the West is pretty open. Those are the three teams that the profiles I like best right now. So Grizzlies, Pels, or Mavs to win the West, plus 311. What do you think of my Rackham? If I'm right and the Pels finish second, you're in a really good spot here because there's a very good chance that the Pels are hosting the second round. And like, what if they're hosting the second round versus the Grizzlies or Mavericks? Right? Like, even if it's, too, you'd rather it be dispersed, right? You'd rather it be like one eight is versus Mavericks. And then the four five is the four is the Grizzlies. And the two, and then the Pels are on the other half of the bracket. The on the other half of the bracket. That's what you'd rather. Um, but there's a very, there's actually a possibility that happens. So sure. oh, anyway. there's also a possibility that these three teams are three of the four in one half of the bracket. That seems worse, but that also virtually guarantees we get somebody in the Western conference finals. That's not so bad. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like any one of these teams, I, I don't know. I don't want to pick one right now. That's where I came up with this. I was like, well, I like all these regular season profiles. Who do I like for a postseason futures run? Oh, I don't know who I want here. What if I just take all three, all three plus 311? All right, long shot of the week. You mean not good like one out of 100? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Like that's ever going to happen. I've already gone into mine. I can't believe Norman Powell is plus 10,000 here, Brandon. This is absolutely just ridiculous. Like that's an absurd number for a guy that like smart people bet on in preseason like Brandon Anderson. Um, <laughs> I was skeptical of that and I hated that bet. And then like, I looked at like how he pl had plays with the Clippers specifically again, since November 1st, 16.7, he's going to play in enough games. He's going to come back. He's going to go back to the bench. I, I, I understand that the risks with Kawhi, I get that. It is still not you. I can't get to 10,000. That's an absurd one. If I get to get bet Norman Powell, the fourth leading scorer since the start of November off of in bench points for when the other guys are Matherin who may wind up starting, Monk is a good bet. Analytics capper Albert Wynn has been on Malik Monk. I think that's a really good bet. Christian Wood, I I honestly, I'll just tell you, be very careful betting Christian Wood right now. I do not know how his the rest of his season, no. where he will be. And then no. there's Norman Powell. So like to me, great. I, I love Norman Powell plus 10,000 here. What's your long shot of the week? Yeah, I'll just add to the last six games, Norm Powell is 22 and a half points a game. Yep. So you gave the November 1st is getting even better recently. By the way, also the favorite here is Russell Westbrook. I've got that ticket there. I still holding out hope, but the Westbrook numbers are fading a little bit mm -hmm. as the Lakers are getting better. So that's bad if you want a six man ticket, because that seems like a little correlation there. If you get a little less rust and the Lakers win a little more, maybe do more of that going forward. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that one. 100 to 1 on Norm when we know that he's going to put up the points. On our rundown, you have MVP surprise. I'm <laughs> I'm nervous. What are you going to do here? You should be nervous. So, I got an MVP bet here. It's a big man. It's a big man out in the West. And he's usually injured, but he's been rolling over the last month. He's top five in box plus minus. He should be the MVP. He should be in the MVP mix. It's not Anthony Davis, psych. It's not Davis. 
Give me Zion Williamson, 120 to 1 at FanDuel right now to win MVP. Okay, so here's the case. The Pelicans are the one seed right now. MVPs come from the one seed. That is a thing that we know about MVPs. Zion's last 12 healthy games. So it's last 13, but there's one game he was coming back from injury, and it was like a 45-point blowout. So I took that one out. Last 12 games, 26, 8, and 5. Not crazy numbers, not runaway numbers, but that's why we're getting 120 to 1. 132 offensive rating with Zion on the court in those 12 games. Good. 70% true shooting. Zion is back. Like those are the Zion numbers during that stretch, during these last 13 games. Looking at box plus minus, here's the list. Number one in the league, Nikola Jokic at 13. Anthony Davis, we talked about how good he's been. He's next. Joel Embiid at 10. Luka Doncic, 9. Zion Williamson is fifth in the league in box plus minus. He's ahead of Steph Curry, the MVP favorite. He's ahead of Giannis. He's ahead of Durant. I didn't even look where Jason Tatum was because I didn't think of him in this conversation. Zion Williamson, 120 to 1. I don't know if he's going to win, but look, we know everyone loves Zion. Everyone, when he has the moment and he puts up like a 50-point game, Media, us included, will fall over itself to crown Zion and to be so excited that he's finally here. If you prefer, I see a plus 15,000 for most improved. So if you think, okay, well, he's not going to win MVP, that's too much. I think he's going to win most improved, 150 to 1 there. I think the number is just too long, 120 to 1 for the best player on the one seed right now, we're not speculating. Okay. Right now, he is the best player on the one seed, and he's getting better. Okay. So, I agree. <laughs> I told you it was an MVP surprise. I agree the number the number is long. You have two problems. Okay. Yeah. Your sample is off of a subset where Brandon Ingram didn't play. Correct. And they have played much more Zion centric without Bi, and he's coming back soon, and I'm a little worried. Like. B.I. with the bench, amazing. Everyone's good with the bench because Jose Alvarado and Larry Nance whip ass. L- little concern when I did the breakdown about how that team fits together fully healthy with the intended starting five. Uh, the second thing is, you're like, they're the one seed. Okay. You cannot, I mean, I understand with the, the number. You can bet this. I, I get it because the number's too long. Right. But if we're talking from a logic standpoint, if the Pels are the one seed and the Celtics are the one seed and the Celtics win 65 games and the Pels win 58 and Jason Tatum averages 30, there will not be a voter that will go Zion over Jason. They will take Tatum. Yeah. If, if the category is the wins. Now, again, 100, 120 to 1. I yeah, I mean, that's that. this is me. Like, look, I'm not saying Zion's long going shot. to win the MVP. Yeah, However, it's a long shot. Do, do you agree that we could wake up on Christmas morning and Zion is 20 to 1? Yes. Is that plausible to you? Yes. yes. Very much in a play. And if you think that's in a play... Then putting a few bucks on the 120, that, that's it. Look, okay. we a couple of days, uh, what maybe a week ago in our Slack, we had guys saying, hey, you know what? What about Anthony Davis? 240 to one to win MVP. He's yeah. looking pretty good. Yeah. He's not going to win MVP, but the number now is way shorter than that. You got great yeah. value if you got it. So I I'm in the value. It's just like, look, one, cash backs, you're on cash outs, you're always giving back to the book. Like you're there, they're winning on that equation. You got to make sure that the book is actually going to give it, give you the cash out option on some of right. these, right? Like if you're going to, if you're going to play it based on the CLV, it needs to be a guy that you think finishes top three. And that's, that I think is, is part of the equation there as well. All right, let's go wrap it up. Thanks for joining us. Good to have Brandon back. Uh, we will be back on Monday with a recap episode with Albert Wynn, the analytics capper. Best bets all throughout the week. Football's winding down. So you can actually expect more podcasts in this feed. We're going to start probably doing more Uh, In the new year, we're we're probably adding more Best Bets episodes because we're doing great and kicking ass. So thanks for joining us. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Hit me up on Twitter at HBBasketball. Let me know you listened and what you thought. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you guys again next time. As always, let's get buckets.